RC Plane Lab Podcast. This is Ron. And I'm Tom. Today we're going to be talking about some updates. Uh, we're kind of going. Uh, we're kind of going to go over what we've been working on the last week. Um, we have had some time to get some stuff done, so this uh, this will be nice to cover what we've worked on, what we have, uh, what we've accomplished. Um, yep. First off, I did have a chance to 3D print some wings uh, or some wing ribs. That was one of the things we talked about in one of the one of the episodes before to try. Um, right. So I printed some 3D wing ribs, uh, took them over to Tom to look at, and uh, what did you think of them? Well, overall, I got to say, um, s- structurally speaking, th- these things are th- really, really stiff. I, w- I would have no no problems whatsoever with uh, you know assembling a wing out of these. Uh, a first impression, though, honestly, was that uh, it was a little heavy, um, but granted, there are no lightning holes. It's just a solid you know, rib with this weird little doohickey you put in the middle of it. What was that about? Um, that that was uh, not a doohickey I put in the middle. That was actually a rib. Uh, I think that was a center rib off of uh, the Ford Trimotor plans that we were talking about doing. Oh, okay. Um, and if I remember right, I think that was, I think that's where the servo goes for the engine. I think. Oh, I could be wrong. Cutout. Okay, you're talking about the cut. I'm talking about this weird octagonal interlocking puzzle piece looking thing you put in the middle. Why'd you do that? Okay. So that one, um, I have a small 3d printer. It's not huge. Um, and that was actually, that was actually a pretty big wing rib. If you look, it's probably what, 12 inches. It's yeah, it's, uh, maybe 14. It's a 10 and a quarter. Okay. So I was way off, but anyway, um, (laughs) 10 and a quarter inches. Well, Uh, you know, this is six inches, right? (laughs) It was a little wider than what I can do on the uh, on my on my printer, so what oh, I had okay. to do is split that in half, and that was kind of oh, like I a gotcha. little puzzle piece to where you can and can glue that together. Um, okay. So yeah, I understand it was heavy. Um, yeah. There there was well, no uh, there was perhaps. no light there was no lighting hole or lightning holes or anything that I put in. Um, right. You know, if we wanted to continue and try it again. Uh, I can work on on lightening it up a little bit. I can put. Uh, uh, I mean, I can just do an outline. Well, let me ask you this: fillers. Um, okay. Can, can it be printed thinner? I mean, this is this is fairly fairly. What is this? Three sixteenths or so? Yeah, it was supposed to be three sixteenths. According to the plan, it was. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, the the original plan said uh, three sixteenths balsa, so I just went with the same thickness. Um, okay. Th- so that's the mm-hmm. reason that was so thick. What? Uh, uh, I know there are some thinner wing ribs and stuff that are probably what eighth inches is fairly common. I think eighth inch is usually yeah eighth inch three thirty two depending on the on the airframe for the sport type stuff that you know that I fly it's it's usually eighth inch balsa. Uh, yeah, and I mean you can print whatever thickness you want. It just has to do with right. how you design it. Um, yep. I just went with whatever was was on the on the plans on that one. Um, I got you. Okay. So yeah, maybe if you want to revisit that, I can do another one and and lighten it up a little bit, make it a little bit thinner, and and maybe find a smaller, um, a smaller rib to try and just do a single piece. What do you what okay. do you think of yeah. that? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd like that. Um, did it take long to print? Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. That's the problem with it, though. It uh, I think that one took about three hours to print. Um, oh, okay. So oh, man. you're not. Okay. Okay, so the the good and the bad with that. It, it took three hours to print, but I don't necessarily care that it took three hours to print because I'm not working on it for three hours. That's true. Um, the only, you know, you can you can set it to print and then go to bed, or you can set it to print and then walk away and do whatever you need to do and then just come back and, and start over next time for another one. Um, and that's pretty easy to do, but there is quite a bit of time in it. The nice okay. thing about it, though, is it's fairly cheap. Um, I think if I did the math right, that was about 14 cents is all it costs to do that one. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. 
I don't know how that compares price wise to like balsa. Um, but if we're if we're going to be thinning it out too, you know, it's not going to be. First off, it won't take nearly that long to print. Um, yeah. It's not going to be as much material, so it won't be as expensive. Um, and if we lighten it up too, um, even yeah. with with right. holes or with or with whatever else we can put in there, um, then that's really going to speed it up also. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a couple of things that that come to mind. Um, just just kind of looking at this and thinking about the differences between this and balsa. Um, yeah, definitely cheaper than balsa. I think uh, I think a uh, an eighth inch by uh, let's just say three inch by thirty six inch sheet of balsa is probably depending on where you get it from. You know, let's just say it's let's just say it's three bucks for a sheet. It's probably less than that, but um, with shipping and everything, let's just call it three bucks. And you could probably lay out. Uh, I'm thinking you could probably lay out maybe eight of these um, if you, you know, strategically place them on the sheet. So, yeah, definitely, definitely cheaper than than a sheet of balsam. Another thing I'll mention is that um, I think probably less waste. I mean, we usually end up, when we start cutting parts out of balsam sheets, we, you know, there's, no matter how good you are or efficient you are at laying out parts, there's always going to be some waste of that of that really expensive balsa. So yeah, be there's, no there's not a lot of waste. Know? Yeah. No waste when you do that. And that, that does make it nice. Um, yeah, so that's, I'd say that's a, that's a pretty, um, a positive feature, but you know, I mean, honestly for, for me, I mean, I'm looking at this and it does look like there's going to be, you know, some cleanup, you know, you're going to have to do some sanding here where the, where the two uh, pieces of this particular rib made up. Um, cause it looks like there's a little bit of a mismatch here on the, on the, on what would be the top surface. It's not a big mismatch, but if you, you know, you lay a sheet of balsa over it, like our, you know, like a wing skin, um, it, it would create a hump in the skin. So you'd have to sand that down. And, um, for, for me, it's not that I'm made of money or anything like that, but I think I would probably spend less time, uh, cutting, cutting this out of balsa and getting, you know, probably less time involved with the cleanup than, than with this plastic one. And for me, uh, the, the value of time is, um, you know, I don't want to say time is worth more than money, but in my case, I don't have a lot of time to spare. So, you know, if I can, if I can do something a little bit quicker, usually I don't mind paying a little bit more is kind of what I'm saying. Okay, so don't do it again. But do I, it again. What but do you no, want? I'm, I, I would like to. No, no, I would like to see one of these done in eighth inch with maybe some lightning holes, and let's see. Um, you know, I'll compare it to a. You know, I'll pull a. I'll pull a rib out of one of these kits I got, and we'll kind of compare them weight wise. Um, but really, I mean, if if we could get this and make it work, I have no problems. No problems using using these in a wing because they are plenty strong. That's for sure. I mean, I'm trying to to break this thing, and it's. It's resisting way more than a piece of balsa would. Yeah. Okay. And there's no grain to this too, which is another you know interesting point because this is probably going to have strength, the same strength in all directions, you know, both torsionally and uh, yeah. shear strength and you know bend strength. You know, balsa has strength, but usually in you know has more strength in one direction than the other. So a nice thing about this is you don't have to do a lot of planning with, you know, with grain and, and trying to figure that into your design, which that's kind of handy. That could save some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll try that. Yeah. I'd like to see another one in eighth inch. Try it. Okay. I'll, I'll do that and see if we can get to it this week. Um, cool. if not, it'll be next week. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure okay. what this week is going to bring yet. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to, hard to plan right now. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other things we uh, we talked about before is we were going to build yeah. um, a Ford trimotor. Um, yeah, we were so both we're, excited about it, and we still are. However, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So we we've kind of talked, and I think we're going to push that. You know, maybe next plane, and okay. um, I think we're going to do uh, duelists. So since you know Tom talked about his uh, his ep or in one of the episodes talked about him crashing his duelist. Uh, yep. several years ago and he was a little sad about it and I don't know if I he's was. gotten over it yet but maybe um, well, I mean it's been a long time ago but yeah <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson you know those pre-flies are very important uh, right so we'll uh, I, I, okay so I was just killing time looking on online surfing the internet and I came across plans for a duelist um, yep. 
I don't know anything about them other than apparently there's a few different plans. I think two or three different ones I found. Um, and so that kind of piqued my interest and I said, Hey Tom, let's, let's do this instead. Let's, you know, let's go with this plane. It should be a little bit easier to do. You, you know what you're working on. You, you've kind of had one. So for, and I'm um, really excited to be honest. Yeah, and for for a first uh, scratch build slash plan build, whatever whatever you want to yep. call it, it uh, yep. it would be exciting for me to do too. Because after sure. seeing that plane, I, I really think it's it's a nice looking plane. Um, it's very sexy. It is. It's it's very sleek and long. And I I think one of the things I like about it too is that the nacelles actually stick out as far as the as the nose. Um, yep. Most planes don't do that. When you see, right. you know, like the dual motor planes and stuff, that's kind of stuck or sucked back a little bit, and I, I, I really like the the, the look of it. Um, right. So yeah, what we did, uh, I went ahead and uh, I printed the plans. I have, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a wide format printer here, so um, right. I printed the sixty nine, which is plans. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it does it does Sorry. make it easy. Um, so I printed the sixty nine inch plans. Uh, and apparently those are the ones you wanted, but you wanted me to print another set also. Um, so one of the things I want to say to you is anybody listening, I don't want to have the printer just for myself. If you guys need to print anything or, or want any, any plans printed or something like that, email me. Um, we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll, we'll get you set up. It's, it's not a big deal to print. Um, I think the, the widest paper I have right now is 42 inch. So as okay. long as your plans are less than that, drop me an email. Yeah. We'll we'll figure something out. If you need something printed, we'll we'll get you taken care of. And for anybody um, listening, uh, I have no skin in his print game. Okay, um, but having now seen the plans, you know they're right here in my in my shop here in the basement. Uh, having seen them up close, I I got to tell you they're they're very very high quality. <laughs> I mean they're well, as good as any plans I've seen printed. Yeah, it's a it's a very nice printer. Um, yeah. So and it really getting off topic, but right where that printer stands out, and you've seen them when I have like the the high quality photos and stuff that can be printed oh, on yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. Um, it really is. But anyway, yep. yeah. If if anybody needs print or plans printed or anything like that, just drop me an email. We'll we'll figure something out. I'm I'm you know I'm not trying to make a bunch of money or do anything with it. We're just trying to help everybody out here. So yep. Uh, yep. if you need something, let me know. So back to these the, these plans thing. I was uh, okay. I was very intrigued by the story you told me uh, behind these <laughs> plans. So okay. So first thing when I when I said that I found uh, a set of plans for this plane and wanted to print them and wanted to give them to you and and, and try to build it, yep. you you told me when I when I showed you which ones they were that that's fine, uh, but there are some errors in those plans. And when I ask you how you knew, you, of course, wouldn't tell me. You're just like, oh, it's magic or whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there, there's a, an interesting story behind these plans. So w- would you fill everybody else in kind of on how this whole thing went sure. down? Yeah, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to not butcher it up. So the Duelist was originally designed by Dave Platt. Um, for anybody that's been flying for a while, you, you've heard the name. I'm sure, uh, was an airplane designer. He designed the Duelist, uh, I think it was 70, I'm going to say 74, let's just say. Um, it's probably plus or minus a year or two. But anyway, um, Dave Platt had his own company uh, at one time. It was Dave Platt Models. And uh, he produced this airplane uh, under his Dave Platt Models brand. And he had a business partner. Uh, and, you know, sometime after they, they produced the Duelist and a few other of their, of their kits, uh, he and his business partner had a falling out, and uh, he actually got kind of booted out of his own company. That company continued on for a while, and uh, Dave Platt, of course, went on to, f- to uh, uh, form PICA models. Um, and a lot of those PICA, well, I think all of those PICA designs are actually a Dave Platt and Dave Platt collaboration with other uh, designers. Um, but anyway... Dave Platt Models, once Dave was gone, continued to produce the Duelist, and it was a uh, uh, a sixty-seven inch wing, uh, and it was there was a few weird things about it, but it was a very very uh, good flying airplane. It had some weird uh, thrust angles built into the engines, and I think there was a weird uh, negative I think incidence on on where the wing was mounted in relation to the you know to the horizontal datum. Uh, 
at any rate, Dave Platt, when he left that company and formed Pica Models, he redesigned the Duelist, called it a Mark II. Uh, he elongated the wings, made it easier to build by refining a few things on the print. And then the kits, uh, his kits were all built with, uh, at least his Duelist kits were built with no right thrust, no down thrust. Everything was mounted straight up, including the wing and the tail. So it was an easier airplane to build from a kit and also an easier airplane to build from the plans. Uh, so there's two sets of plans out there for the du- for the 40 size, I'll say, Duelist. Um, there's the 67-inch wing, which is the original, and then there's the 69-inch wing, which was the redesigned by Dave Platt so that he could sell it under PICA models. Um, so um, now we have, thanks to your printer, we have a copy of both plans, uh, and I'm going to stick with the 69-inch uh, version because it's going to be a little bit easier to build. Don't have to worry too much about the incidence angles as long as we set everything up at zero. And uh, the nice thing about the, the the original plan, though, is that the, uh, the wing ribs are a little bit more clear. And uh, there's another separate plan that has all the rib templates out uh, separately. Unfortunately, the 69-inch plan that we're going to use, or that I'm going to use, um, all the rib templates are kind of stacked on top of each other on the plan to save space. Uh, it makes them difficult to draw that way, but uh, we'll work around it. And as far as the errors are concerned, um, so on the 69-inch wing, I, I'm not sure if it's because of the way it was printed originally, or if it was, if it was, it's definitely not a design. Uh, Dave Platt didn't design it this way, but the left wing panel is actually on the plan. Is it the left one? One one of the wing panels is shorter by just a little bit than the other one. I think the difference is like five sixteenths. I think overall. So that's one <laughs> one error on the plan that uh, it's pretty easy to fix. But we'll you know we'll work around it. So what do you just kind of flip the plan over and 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 print it then or? You you can you can do it lots of different ways. Um, to to save paper, I, I've done this before. Um, so you build, let's say you want to build the left panel first. And then if you want to build a right panel just exactly like it, you flip the plan over, rub some transmission fluid on the plan, and guess what? Presto change the lines all transfer to the other side, and now you've got a reverse image of the <laughs> of the other one, and you build on that's top of it. That's a good idea. That's, yeah, that's one way to do it. Or, you know, if you've got a nice fancy printer, you could just print the plan twice and flip it over and do that. I mean, or probably what I'll end up doing is I'll just – I'll just fudge each rib on the other panel to make it the same width as the as the panel on the other side. Pretty easy okay. fix, honestly. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll try that. Um, I'm I'm guessing if if that's the one you're sticking with, and I end up doing my own, um, I will probably also stick with that same kit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, or not, I, it'll sorry, be easier with that to same build. plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my, I just, okay. Yeah. No. Go ahead. I was going to say, so my my question then, you know, I'm an electric guy. How okay. hard would this be to, to go with electric? Probably pretty easy. Very easy. Yep. Okay. Very easy. Uh, the, the airplane, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, my original Duelist, uh, I think it was somewhere in the 10 and a half to 11 pound range. So you take off the take off the nitro motors and all the stuff with with that's involved with those. Um, of course, you're going to re- be replacing those with with fairly substantial battery packs. Um, but I think you could probably do if you, if you're really 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 careful about building it and you're and you're really conscientious about weight. Um, I think you could probably build an electric version, maybe even a pound or so, maybe more lighter than that. Um, but I think it would make, and if you decided you didn't want to do retractable gear, you just wanted to put standard gear in it, um, then it would be even lighter still. So I think it would make a great electric conversion. Yeah, because I just I just pulled up the model or the the plans while we were talking, and it says it's for two uh, twenty five to forty engines. That sounds right. pretty small, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. I think an electric motor you you could probably run that off a like a three S lipo or something even. Yeah, each, for each one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't get you. You may not get you know. You may not get the flight time, but um, yeah, you could you could certainly certainly run each motor on this particular airplane on a three cell. I, I don't see any problem with that. Four cell would be better. <laughs> yeah, but well, we'll we'll, um, we'll play it by ear. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, if we do yeah. it, um, 
you know, I, I know you will be building your kit. I would like to also build one, but we'll see what time does. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got some projects to finish first too, which, you know, speaking of projects, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, 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 this is probably what we're going to be doing. So we'll, as okay. of now, that's, I, I think what we're going to, yeah. what we're going to say. Um, yeah, you're going to be, excited. you're going to be looking up, uh, Balsa making a list on how much it's going to be, yep. uh, you know, what we need to get. Um, yep. let me know I how actually, much it is. I actually almost have the list together now. I'm, uh, I got a oh. few things I need to put on there and then I'll, I'll put an order together and see how much it is. I'm, I'm just going to order enough to do two. So. That'll be that. Well, let me know what it comes to because we might double that. Because it's always good to have some. <laughs> well, it's always good to have some balsa and stuff around the house anyway. So it is. That's I'm, true. I'm I'm getting very low on supplies. Um, okay. I noticed that when I was kind of going through trying to do some stuff on the uh, on the uh, uh, telemaster. So I need to stock back up so I have some stuff sitting here. Okay. Yeah. We'll. Uh, uh, yeah. Once I once I get a list together and I get an order together, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll hit you up and let you know what it is, and if you want to double it, we will. Okay, good deal. Um, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be fun. I, I am. It'll too. be good I can't to have wait. a twin again. It'll be fun to see um, what colors you go with versus like what I would do. <laughs> That's what I'm more. Yours is going to definitely look like a '70s airplane, and I think mine would be more. <laughs> uh, mine would be more modern. <laughs> I do. I do like the the '70s pattern themes. I'm. I wouldn't say I'm stuck in the 70s, but yeah, I like them. Uh, you might be. That's probably <laughs> back when you had hair, isn't it? <laughs> well, I used to have hair, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's back been in a while, the 70s. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I speaking uh, of senior telemaster, I got some stuff yeah. done on that one. Um, yep. I'm pretty much, I don't want to say finished because I still have a few things to do, but the the hard part is definitely behind me. Um, I did take it outside today and ran it and got it tuned. So that Excellent. motor is, you, that motor's, yeah, that motor's back to working. Um, oh, sweet. So you sh- did you take a video? Please tell me you took a video. I did not. Um, oh. so I, I okay. wanted to talk to you about the motor that's on there. Okay. How, how overkill is that? And should I be using it or should I be looking for a different motor? Um, it's, it, I mean, I'll be honest, it's, it's probably going to be, um, flying that thing around a quarter throttle most of the time, probably. Um, that the reason that the, the reason I suggested it, um, I knew it was going to be too much motor. I mean, I knew that, but I also knew that it was going to need a substantial amount of weight in the nose to, to get the thing to balance because of that really, really, really long tail. Um, so I thought, well, rather than add just a bunch of useless lead, why not, you know, put some motor up there? It's not going to hurt anything. I mean, that, that firewall is super, super strong, or at least it was. Um, we've put a few holes in it now, haven't we? Yeah, I had to, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, if you, if you want to, if you want to remotor it with something else, I mean, I have a shelf of engines up here that, you know, we could, we could probably you know, make work, but I, it, it is going to be, it is going to be much more power than it needs. <laughs> well, I, and I, the only problem I had, so I put a 16 by six prop on it and. Okay. That's pretty small for that motor. Well, I can't fit anything bigger on it because if, oh, if no I clearance? went up, to, no clearance. Yeah. If I went up to like an 18 okay. and you hold it straight out, you're going to be hitting the grass and, and oh, okay. Even like with this one, if you tip that tail up just a little bit too much, you're you're really close to the ground, too close for for my comfort. Okay. Um, right. I mean, that thing was originally designed to fly on a forty. <laughs> right. So that's if it's designed to fly on that, and this is a, a thirty or thirty two cc whatever gasser. Right. Um, right. It's a, it's a lot of motor. Um, okay. So even even with the prop that size, which is apparently small for that uh, for that engine. Yeah. It. Yep. Uh, it throttle or it uh, at idle. It really wanted to roll, like I had it tied to to the oh, golf cart, okay. so it wasn't taking off on me and going anywhere. And okay. I, you know, I tried to tune it down and, and get it and get it running well, um, and it just it did not want to uh, didn't want to stay there. So that's that's did my you, only did concern. Did you take a Did you take an RPM reading? Did you put a tack on it to see where it was idling? 
No, I didn't. I kind of ran out of time tonight. I was okay. I was excited to get out and get it done. You know, I wanted to hear right. it run, see if it would work and stuff. And so I, I, I you know, I had enough time to do that. Um, yeah. But no, she I, didn't, sound? I didn't take in any uh, any RPM. It sounded good. Um, cool. Like I said, it needed a lot of adjustment on the needles because it was running really rough at first. But once I got that yeah. tuned a little bit better, uh, yeah, it was running pretty good. It sounded good. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we'll take that off of there and we'll save that maybe for, for you know, a bigger project down the road. And uh, maybe it, maybe we'll compromise and we'll put like a, I've got a 90, I think it's a 91 two-stroke up here. It'd probably be just perfect for that. Uh, 91 is yeah. going to turn a 14-inch prop, so you'll get more ground clearance. Yeah, and that might that might uh, might work a little bit better for it, but we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, when, when this, all this when this COVID thing is all over, I'll uh, I'll package it up and I'll bring it out next time we come out and we'll kind of look at it and you know maybe we could invert it and put a nice clean cowl on it, three D print yeah. the cowl or something. Yeah, that would be nice. The, the cowl that I have to make for this or that I would have to make for this is is going to be huge. I mean, it's like from uh, from the inside of the propeller to the the actual firewall i mean you're close to eight eight and a half inches i think so you know that's a that's a lot to make well, up with a that's a, a lot of cow yeah yeah so i don't okay. know we'll see once uh okay. like i said once all this is done and and you come out then we'll we'll do a little bit more with it and now i did okay. find it funny too though that since this the last episode we were talking about receivers and we kind of warned about feedback with uh, gas motors yeah this has a lot of feedback and um yeah. we're gonna have to do some some figuring out on that so yeah. every time i went full throttle so my, my plan actually was to take it and untie it from the golf cart so that i could actually you know kind of taxi it around the the uh the yard and stuff i didn't have wings on it um, oh, okay but I, I wanted to be able to taxi it around the yard and stuff just kind of you know see how it how it behaved but I, I I couldn't do that because anytime I went to like half to full throttle, for some reason, the uh, the elevator went completely up and the rudder went completely right. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. good. Not good at all. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to taxi it around or do anything, but I'm, yeah. I will, you know, I will run it up and, and make sure it's, it's running right. Um mm. So I don't know if it was, you know, I don't have anything installed in there yet, and it was all just kind of thrown inside the fuselage. So uh, yeah, there might but be I mean, a little spectrum bit. Spectrum is usually pretty good, you know, about about noise and and RF noise and things like that. Um, you know, I'll be honest. When I converted that engine, I never actually put it in an airplane. I've I only ever bench ran it, and uh, I mean, well, you've you've seen the video of it that I yeah. had on YouTube for the longest time, but. Um, yeah, if I re recall, there's a lot of well, in most of these big gas two strokes, you know, they they do vibrate a lot and they do cause a lot of noise. But yeah, if it's if it's causing causing you know servos to to go full lock like that, then yeah, we definitely would want to investigate that before you risk flying it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean it's mm. it has everything to do with the running of the motor because when the motor died or when it was off. Sure you know, going full throttle and all that didn't change it at all. So Everything when I first saw it, I thought, okay. well, maybe there was a mix in there or something with throttle, you know, somehow, um, mm. you know, a mix with throttle and then the other, the control surfaces. But I was like, no way that uh, this is a fresh, fresh bind and a fresh model. So that, that should not be in there. Um, nope. and then as soon as it was turned off, it, it stopped. So I was like, okay, so it had nothing to do with that. It's feedback we're done pretty much with with working on it for today but it is you know it is all together it's, it's running um so that's a, a plus i did you know we we talked about putting a choke out the front um i could not find any way to to run any sort of uh wire out like the front uh, of a cowl so i did have to put that on a on a servo oh okay that was i mean yeah, that's was, okay that yeah, it, it worked okay. I I hated losing another channel to that, but there's right. just no way. There's no way. Oh, you, you mean you ran out of slots on your receiver? <laughs> Not yet. I think I still have one more, <laughs> but I would like to have a couple extras just in case. Okay. But yeah, so that that's where I stand on 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 that. So yeah, when all okay. this dies well, down, you can come out and we'll we'll look at it and try yeah. and figure some stuff out. We'll look into that. About uh, any other progress? Um, yeah, so I'm my oldest to talk one's... about mine. Oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and try and draw this out a little <laughs> bit then. 
Um, Fair enough. I mean, not not too much. Uh, my oldest kid was talking about wanting to kind of get back into flying and learn to fly a little bit. One of his friends wants to. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yep. So I've got to go through. I have a uh, an airplane here that hasn't been touched for several years. It's an old trainer. Um, I don't even remember what mm-hmm. it is, but it's a, a Habaco something or another. Um, so I'm going to have to go through that and, and kind of make sure it's working. Um, the motor on it is it's a... Uh, it's a nitro motor, but it's very mm-hmm. tight. I mean, it still spins. So is that something I yeah. need to worry about or? Uh, maybe, uh, but maybe not. If it's been sitting a while, more than likely it's just gummed up from the, the oil that was in the fuel that was probably in it. Uh, probably okay. my guess is somebody didn't put, um, you know, a proper after run oil in the motor, uh, which we'll talk about in one of our other episodes, but uh, probably it's okay. Um, it was just probably put away with fuel still in the engine, and then that fuel, the oil that was in it, congealed, and then it tends to stick parts together when it varnishes. Uh, but it'll come, it'll come clean. I, I'm fairly confident. As you're running, it'll kind of work itself out then. Yep. Yeah. Once you once you fuel it up for the first time, you know, we'll pull the plug out of it. Uh, we'll fuel it up, put a little squirt a little fuel on top of the cylinder, and uh, as you turn it over, that fuel will sort of dissolve, if you will, and loosen up that old varnish and, and oil. And uh, oh, okay. once that once that loosens up, yeah, you'll you'll get some lubrication to the bearings, and uh, it should be it should be fine. I, I bet I bet it's fine. Okay. Well, that's good yep. news then. I, I won't have to worry about that. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, I know I'm going to have to put some <laughs> packaging tape and stuff on the wings. There's a few holes in it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. It's this okay. is one of those. This is one of those ugly planes that really is a trainer. And if anything happens to it, you're just like, eh, you know, no big deal. It's it's not a, um, it's not going to win any beauty contest or anything. But it, it'll do what right. it needs to do, and and hopefully it'll get serve both its of them. purpose. Yeah. Hopefully get both of them in the air and and hooked on the on the hobby, kind of like we are. Um, yeah, I hope so. Other things. He's flown before, on- though. Yeah, it's been several years. He hasn't. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been into it for several years. But I think he's. He's kind of after hearing the podcast and and seeing all the stuff we're working on, kind of hopefully getting back into it. Um, I think there's a, unfortunately whenever you have kids, a lot of the times what dad does isn't cool, even if it is cool oh, like yeah. this, you know, kind of thing. So, oh um, yeah, it, oh it, yeah, a lot of things skip a generation. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I tried to get I tried to get my kids involved so many times, and the last thing they want to do now is look at RC airplanes. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you have to have your own thing, I guess. But it would yeah. be nice to to have it be a family a family affair. It would be. But It'd be very we'll, cool. Yeah, we'll see. My my youngest, you know, she's three now, and she loves watching me do stuff. And she was out watching that airplane running earlier and stuff, and asking me when I was going to fly it and all that stuff. And I told her, well, not Aww. today, you know. And then she's like, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she was a little disappointed. But, yeah, she's excited for that kind of stuff. So hopefully we'll, cool. we'll get her in, you know, maybe in a, oh, a, awesome. a year or two we can get her some sort of, uh, like, easy-to-fly, either quadcopter or something simple, you know, she can yeah. fly inside the house and learn. She'll be at that oh, age. that'd be so awesome. So Yep. Very cool. Other thing I wanted to ask you on this uh, um on this little trainer I need to go over. So servos, the servos that are in there, I, I don't know anything about them. I, I don't okay. even actually think I've ever flown this airplane. I don't even remember where I got it or where it came from. Um, okay. How, how, okay, so if I put receiver in it and put battery in it and all that kind of stuff and the servos work, mm-hmm. are you pretty much okay? Or should I be concerned that I know nothing about them and should I just replace them for as cheap really as you can get servos? Uh, so me personally... Um, if, if I, if I'm get an airplane, that's already got servos in it, or if I get a, you know, go to a swap heat and I buy a mess of servos or whatever, uh, here's what I do to test them. Uh, I'll hook up, you know, a spare receiver to a, you know, to a fully charged receiver battery. I, I like to use these five cell, uh, knuckle metal hydrides. I know, I know everybody's using lithium ion now. Anyway, um, I'll hook them up to my radio uh, and I'll try each servo in every channel of my receiver. And the reason I do that is because, uh, so the proportional channels, you know, your, you know, let's say the gimbals on your transmitter, those are proportional. So I'll run the servo slowly through the entire range of motion of that particular channel. 
And then usually when you get to either channel five or six on the spectrum, that's assigned to the flap switch or the gear switch on the transmitter. And on my DX8, I think the flap switch is a three position switch and the gear switch is a two position. So I'll hook it up on those channels and I'll run the switch, you know, one, two, three, or one, two, and it'll make that servo go from full lock one way to full lock the other way. And if everything sounds good and everything looks good then, I'll put the servos away in a Ziploc bag, and that way, whenever I pull a servo out of that Ziploc bag, I know that it came from, you know, a sale or whatever, and it has not been in one of my airplanes yet. Any of the servos that come out of my airplanes, I, I usually don't take servos out of my airplanes. They usually either, you know, stay in my airplane or yeah, well, they just stay in my airplane. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, when I put them install them into the project, I will do a thorough range test, range test, excuse me, with both the engine running and the engine not running. Or if it's an electric, I'll, you know, cycle the power and make sure that, I mean, that that's really all you can do is just test them under conditions like that. And even then sometimes, um, it's never a guarantee. A friend of mine, uh, I think it was last summer, uh, had spent a lot of time on a, uh, on a Newport kit from Balsa USA. I think it was a Newport. Anyway, a big World War I biplane. You probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, and he had servos that he, they were his. They, he had bought them when they were new, but they were older servos and he had taken them out of other airframes or whatever and put them in this new project and range tested it, range tested it with the engine running. And this was a gasser, so it produced a lot of noise, uh, electronic noise and it passed all of those and then once he got it in the air the right aileron servo um i can't remember if it if it went full lock or if it was just going nuts um but eventually he got the airplane back but it was a it was a bad servo and we had done everything we could to test it ahead of time and it passed all those tests so yeah. unfortunately you know you never know for sure, a hundred percent, but generally speaking, if, if, if a servo will pass a static test, you know, just with the radio on the bench and then also a, a test, a dynamic test, let's call it with the engine running and everything as if you were getting ready to fly it nine times out of, well, 10, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, <laughs> it's probably going to be okay. Um, yeah. I hope it's better than 90%. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're never going to be 100% sure. But in a case like this, with, with it's an old trainer plane and you're already not, you, know, you, you care about it a little, but not a lot. Um, if it passes, if these servos pass those two tests, you're fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to try and do uh, that also in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you can do, you can do the same thing with receivers. You can do, you know, with, with receiver battery packs. They're going to fail when they fail. You know, sometimes yeah. they, they're not going to give you any kind of warning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't even matter if they're brand new. Exactly. I was so. just getting ready to say that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I do understand that. It's unfortunate, but okay. Well, that's yeah. good. At least I know what to look for when I when I start to go over that one. Yeah, yeah. And and when you do, when you run them through the test, you just listen. You know, you want to listen for any weird grinding or any clicking, especially like clicking is the first. You know, as it's running through its motions, if you hear a clicking noise coming from the servo yeah just just throw that servo away or buy a new gear set for that servo if you can um yeah because those gears are just plastic so most of them yeah yeah Yeah. i mean there's a lot of metal gear servos out there now but um yeah plastic plastic gears they will definitely make a clicking noise to tell you that uh hey we need some attention yeah but i i understand i mean i I get there's a lot of the metal ones but usually those are going to be bought um you know, for a specific purpose and that you're not going to find a lot of those on these older uh, airplanes that you get, like at swap meets or something like that, which might actually be where this right. came from. I wish I could remember where I got this. I do not remember where it came from. Um, but yeah, so I, I like I said, I, I don't know anything about where that one came from and it's it's old, so I'm sure it's going to be just a plastic gear. So yeah. 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 Just listen when they're, when they're moving, they'll tell you. Okay. Okay. So I think that is all that I have. So now... I turn it over to you. It is your <laughs> turn, finally. Tommy, All right. what did you get done this week? So, nothing. No, I'm just teasing. Um, 
Oh, we're out of time, guys. Sorry, gotta go. <laughs> uh, no, I got some more work done on the Horton kit. Boy, I'll be glad when I'm when I'm done with it because I'm so excited about the Duelist project. I'll be honest. Um, but anyway, yeah, see, I did. That, I did hold get, on, I, I do want to interrupt. So that's the only okay. problem with this Duelist thing. I thought that would be something kind of fun for us to build together. But I think you're going to be too excited, and you're going to have it completely finished by the time we're off this <laughs> oh, no. lockdown thing. And then that's going to be it. I know what you're it. saying. So that that's my only concern because we still have what. Uh, it looks like uh, almost three weeks left on the on the official lockdown, unless it's extended. But you know, who right. knows? I don't know how it's going now. So within three weeks, you will probably have everything ordered you need. You're going to get your wood delivered, and then it's going to be sitting there. You're going to be like, "Well, I'm just going to put this together," and then you're going to be finished. well. No, 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 no. I I have I have made a deal with myself. I am not <laughs> starting any projects until I am done with this. Until I'm done with my part of this Horton project, and to be honest, I'm not exactly sure when my part is done and and the oh the aircraft owner's part begins. I'm still a little fuzzy on that. But anyway, okay, um, yeah, I well, promise so there might myself be some hope. I will not start another project until this thing's done. Uh, and speaking of this thing, uh, I did get the left. Uh, Sorry, the right wing panel. I get confused because this thing is built upside down. Uh, the right <laughs> panel is all sheeted. Um, I have that the servo access hatches cut and uh, fitted. I have the drag rudder installation done. I just need to, once I cut the sheeting away to expose the, the pocket, I uh, just have the linkage to run and the push rods to make. Um, I have the control surfaces cut away from the wing and I have the aileron hinged. Uh, with the freeze style um, hinges, if anyone remembers the frustrations with that on the last one on the other <laughs> wing panel. Uh -huh. um, so I made, I did make some progress, and I'm hoping to make, uh, uh, by, by the end of this weekend, by Sunday night, I'm hoping to have all of the surfaces hinged and hopefully a good start on the finishing of the drag rudders. And then when that's done, then I can give both panels a good sanding, uh, final sanding. I've got a few little dings and some mismatch uh, um, sections that I need to kind of smooth out with a little with a little putty. Um, but hopefully uh, next week I can have these panels ready to mate with the center section for the very first time. And with the lockdown that's going on, I'm not sure how that's going to happen because the center section isn't here. It's at the aircraft owner's house. So hold on, aren't you making my point that you're going to be finished with this? You're going to have all the wood for the doulas <laughs> sitting there and nothing on your desk. Well, I'm not going to lie. I am going to probably have the wood <laughs> ordered for the for the doulas projects. Um, right. I'll probably have it ordered. Honestly, if not tomorrow, probably Sunday. Um, and yeah, I've got the plan sitting here, and it's very very difficult to not clean off this this mess of a bench I've got and lay those plans up here on my building table. But I'm resisting. Well, maybe you can just go ahead and build yours. <laughs> and then when all this is over, you know, you can come out and help me build mine. Okay. So I, or, I'll, or I'll just work build through two the kinks first. And, Whatever. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I really, really want to finish this uh, this Horton project though, because it is a neat. It has been fun to build, but I'm 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 ready to be done with it. Yeah, it'll be nice to kind of get it uh, get it off your desk and, and move on to something else. Yeah. So. And I'd like to do some flying sometime soon too, but now I'm working. You know where I'm working now uh, through this um, the COVID response here. I'm uh, seven days with no days off. So I don't I don't have as much time as I had you know last week when I was working at home. <laughs> yeah, that's seven days with no days off, but that's not just one week. That's multiple oh, right. weeks yeah, in a row. So it's not like you just yeah, it's not like you're just on for seven days. You're on for two, three weeks at, at a time. Who knows yet? Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. I think my uh, my orders uh, I think they're they're cut all the way through the 29th of this month. I think so. Yeah, so you it's going to be have... that for a while. Yeah, so this is Friday the 10th that we're recording this. So, yeah, you uh, you still have uh, 19 days, looks like. So <laughs> almost three weeks. <laughs> right. Just just to make you feel better. Three weeks, yeah, thanks. Nice. I appreciate that. Way yep. to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's cool. Have you, have you done anything else? Uh, I did actually manage on the um, 
on the other project that I started before this one, before the Horton, um, <laughs> the uh, the Lanier Invader. I did I did get it finished. It's it's actually ready for paint. I decided to paint it, and I think I I think I may have mentioned last time that I was going to go for a kind of uh, Vietnam camo. camo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's ready for paint. All the installation, all the stuff is done. Uh, everything has been taken back out of the airframe uh, in preparation for paint. So, um, yeah, when I get some time, I'm going to probably go to Lowe's or Menards and find some latex paint that uh, that looks about the right color, and then uh, and then spray it with my detail gun, and and then come back and put a clear over it. Uh, that would I'm, be nice. I'm looking yeah, forward to that one too. I am too. I, I uh, it, it looks like it, it's a really neat looking airplane. I. I mean, for being a plastic molded fuselage, it looks it looks kind of cool. Yeah. So, okay. So you have that one. I know yep. you're working on a, a Sopwith Camel too. So, how many projects? Oh, see are now, you... why why <laughs> did you have to mention that? So, how many projects are you in the middle of? I'm just curious because I know what I'm in the middle of, and I, I'll tell you okay. if you want to know. Um, All right. But what what are you what are you in the middle of? Okay. So I've got the Horton project. Um, the Lanier is it, Invader is almost done, but that's you know that's a project. It's not finished. I do have a, a an old VK kit, a Sopwith Camel that I've been working on for I'm going to say years. Okay, <laughs> um, I think I started actually building the thing about five years ago. Um, but it's such a it's such a pretty kit. Um, I almost hate to cover it. If anybody's familiar with VK and, and Proctor Enterprises, uh, their kits are museum quality. Uh, most of them, and they they're just beautiful to look at with no covering on them. Um, but that I mean that's the excuse I'd like to say why it's not covered, but it's not covered because I'm lazy, to be honest. Well, do you uh, think anyway, you're ever going to actually cover it too covered, or do you think you want to might leave or you might want to leave that one open and actually have it be just like a display thing? Oh no, I want to fly it. I mean, I've, oh, okay. I've spent too much money on the, on the running gear. It has a Sato three cylinder radial. Did I mention that? Yeah, see, that's what I, I want to hear that run. So I'm I'm excited yeah. for that. But my excitement has yeah. kind of dwindled over the last several years. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, so so I've got that project, and then uh, and then I got, I got an email from somebody who was listening to us that uh, uh, kind of sparked an interest in a, in another project that I had actually kind of forgotten about. I've got a House of Balsa um, P51. It's a combat Mustang. It's a half A sized Mustang. Um, that I, I should probably, I mean, it's almost finished. I mean, I just have to put some trim on it and, uh, well, probably now I have to replace a battery cause it's been in this state for probably 10 years. Um, but anyway, that's, that's it. It's just those, it's just those four. Everything so else I have what's, is flyable. What's half a size? Cause I, I remember oh, seeing okay. that one, like when I walked down there and it's pretty small from what I remember. It is. Yep. Yeah. So half a refers to. You know, honestly, I don't know what half A means, but it was a it was a a term that was used to describe anything that was kind of powered by a Cox O forty nine. So we're talking point zero four nine cubic inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of in in what we called the half A class. Maybe somebody can send us an email and say, "Hey, half A meant this." Um. But but it refers, generally speaking, to a very very small size. Uh, Airframe and these particular airplanes, uh, they were designed for combat. You know, they were, I think they were designed for two channel because Cox uh, 049s uh, didn't have a throttle, so you basically had elevator and rudder, and you you actually tied streamers to the back of these things, and you could either combat them. Um, they made several. Uh, they huh. made an uh, Messerschmitt, I think 109. Uh, they made the P51. There was a Chipmunk that was a part of this uh, scale. Um, but yeah, they were they were just small airplanes designed for for two channels. Uh, mine has three. I put a uh, a ten an OS ten FP in it, uh, so it has throttle. And I did away with the rudder and I went with the ailerons. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and one of these days, uh, you know, it wouldn't take much to finish it. Honestly, in fact, I could probably replace the battery now, fuel it up, and. I could probably fly it as it is. It's it's completely covered. It just doesn't have any trim or markings or anything like that on it. Yeah, it just it, it sticks out in my mind of being small and like not decorated. 
So that makes sense. And if if, yep. if it's just makes covered perfect in, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just remember almost hitting my head on it when I walked down there. So that's <laughs> yeah. That's why I think that yeah. one sticks out so much. Right. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I really need to do something about my airplane storage situation because yeah, I hit my head on the on the poor Kristen Eagle down there. Um, you know, transitioning between my shop and the laundry room. Um, yeah, oh, that poor airplane's got more hanger rash than than most of my other ones. Yeah. Well, that that's... Which speaking of the Kristen Eagle, I I ordered a battery for it. So, uh I was I was at one time thinking of of converting it back to glow, but uh I bit the bullet and ordered a battery. Cool. Where'd you get that? So, I'm almost ashamed to admit it. I'm I'm a cheapskate. Uh I ordered that battery and so just real quick um, I was going through all my batteries, you know, getting ready for the flying season, you know, going through airframes and batteries. And I discovered that most of my LiPo batteries, um, due to neglect on my part and not storing them properly, uh, had gone off. And gone off, I mean, they didn't explode, but uh, most of them wouldn't take a charge. Uh, most, well, all of them were puffy. So I decided, no. you know what? Yeah. I've had these batteries a while. I'm just going to go ahead and replace them. Uh, these little three cell 2100s are cheap enough from Hobby King. Uh, so anyway, I ordered a bunch of batteries and I ordered them from Hobby King. I went the cheap oh, route. See, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, that's where I've gotten a lot of mine before and they, they have been good batteries for me. Yeah. I, I To be completely frank, um, I have, knock on wood, I have not had any issues whatsoever with any of the batteries that I've bought from Hobby King. Now, I will say I've had several issues with servos that I've bought from there. But, I mean, when you're paying $2 <laughs> for a servo, I mean, you got to yeah. kind of expect that. Yeah, whenever I buy like the 9-gram servos from them, I, I I double up. I figure on one being bad for every one that I, I use. Yeah, and the, one, and the one issue I think I mentioned in the... Uh, transmitter episode i think it was um about going cheap on the receivers i did go cheap on the receiver once and it came from hobby king it was one of those orange ones uh and that's the one that you know ultimately caused the demise of that of that pretty red and yellow extra um so but aside from that it operated flawlessly that, until that, that flight that wasn't so. that wasn't an extra was it what's that that wasn't an extra was it? i thought that was an edge was that, that the one edge. that you got from me yeah, it was yeah, edge. Okay. I, I get the two confused. I'm sorry, but yeah, it was oh. the it was the red and yellow edge. Yeah, I do too. I really like that airplane. I missed I it. I did too. I'd love to find another one. That was a great flying airplane. You know, it's amazing actually. The more we talk, the more, you know, you always talk about I never crash, I never crash, but you've gone through a lot of planes like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean let's it's let's because be honest I've been here. doing it for such a long time. Oh, maybe that's it. Okay, so in the last ten years I'll just put it out there. In the last 10 years, um, five airplanes of mine have crashed. And you notice I said oh five my. airplanes of mine. I didn't say I crashed five airplanes. Only one of those really was pilot error. The other ones were equipment failure. Does that include the one of mine you wrecked? Yes. Okay. The pizza box? Yeah. Yes, it includes that one. Okay. I'll 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 yeah. give you that one not being your fault. But I will also say that all the times I've flown it, which was a lot, I never had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That doesn't yeah, make me feel any better. Well, no, that's fine, but I'm I'm not blaming you. Good, because I don't feel guilty. Well you shouldn't. <laughs> it was like a dollar fifty worth of foam. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, I'm okay. So you've got five. I'm I'm trying to go through, and I don't remember, and maybe I'm blocking them out, you know, purposefully not remembering things. But I can only think of like two or three in the last ten years that I've gone through. Oh man, yeah, I can remember every single one in the last ten years. Mostly because they were so painful, because they were such nice airplanes. Yeah, see, I remember. Um, oh, I don't remember what it was, but that that one I got from you. We talked about before that I, I crashed because uh, it didn't behave the same yeah, the way katana. I expected it to. The Katana, thank you. There was yep. that one. Um, I know I crashed a Super Sportster. 
and that was completely my fault. Um, when I was flying at home uh, before I moved the the runway to where it is now, it was a lot closer to where you literally had to land um, probably within 20 feet in order to get stopped uh, before you literally were flying right into a row of trees. And I didn't get stopped and landed when I was supposed to. And I overshot the runway a little bit and went into the trees and it just it folded the wings in half. Um, that's the, the, the fuselage. I have the, the tail end of it hanging up in my dining room. You know, you know that one. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The decorative wall art piece. <laughs> I can't believe I put that up as a joke and that's been like seven years it's ago still now, there. something like that. I know it's funny. <laughs> I know. I keep expecting like my wife to yell at me and be like, why is that still there? But she is so cool. She hasn't said a word about it. Maybe she doesn't see it anymore. I don't know. Cause I guess I, I don't really pay much attention yeah, to it either. It's been there so long that you just don't see it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those is is that is that all I all I can really think of actually. I'm sure there's there's been more, but um, yeah, we can't really count the you know don't don't count the foamies that aren't really crashes. You know when you dork them in and you put a piece of tape on it and you fly it again, that's not really a crash. We're talking about crashes where you've destroyed an airplane to the point where it's a major rework to to get it going again. Well. Even like that that first uh, that first airplane I ever had that the three channel uh, Super Cub, even when I got rid of that, it was still on the original fuselage and original wing. I mean, I never yeah. I never messed right. that one up badly. Um, right. I mean, I, I, we 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 know of some people that have folded those in half and stuff on landing and stuff, but I never did. Um, so I I don't I don't know of. Oh God, I'm sure there's other ones, but I can't think of anything else. So your your number yeah. is much higher than mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going back ten years. So. Well, me too, because that's I mean that's that's since well, you, I started you, the hobby. Yeah. I mean, you've only been in for twelve, not even. No, eight. Because I started in eight. 2012, yeah. and it's 2020 right, so. now. So. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Your entire career. That's pretty good. But your entire career is eight years. My entire career is. Well, more than that. <laughs> yeah, but you're only talking ten years, so right. I don't know. Right. Huh. But I mean, if I we know. were we, if we were going by careers, then you know, then, then you're double then digits percentage wise. Yeah, I, I think I'm in pretty good shape. But anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, I and you do you do fly a lot of other people's stuff too. I mean, they come to you a lot to to have yeah. them. And I will say, made I, and I feel all that pretty stuff. good about the fact that. Uh, None of the crashes in the last 10 years have been, I think I did crash one of the club members. Uh, maybe maybe I'll have to revisit that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, gen- generally speaking, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty good, uh, got a pretty good record with club member airplanes, which is good. Yeah, and I I'll I'll give you mine to, to Maiden most of the time too. I'm I I think one reason I don't I don't want to say crash, but one reason I don't crash as much or have as many problems, I'm very careful when I fly and what I fly. If it's you know if 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 there's anything just a little bit too wrong or yeah. if it's too windy or something like that, I I won't do it. You know I, I'm yeah. not I'm not so gung ho that I have to go out and take chances when I know I shouldn't. So that's I that's will probably give one you that you are very cautious. Yep. Yeah, that's probably one thing that that's helped me before too. I mean, there's a lot of times we'll go out to the field and stuff, and you'll be like, "Here, you want to fly this plane?" I'm like, "No," and you're nope. like, "You're fine. <laughs> you can do it." And you know, it, you're not going to crash it. And I'm just like, "Nope, that's okay. It's nope. yours. Yep. Have at it." You know, I don't like flying other yep. people's stuff either. So, yeah, just because yep. I would feel bad if I did something, then I would have to, you know, feel like I oh, owe yeah. them another airplane yeah. and have to go replace it. And if it's not an airplane right. I would buy for myself, I definitely don't want to buy it for somebody else. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And, and, you know, it's, I don't, I don't experience, um, I don't want to say no guilt, you know, when I fly other folks' airplanes, but usually it's, um, it's usually somebody I know really well. And either I've done some work on that particular airplane, or I know in my head that if I don't fly it, it's not going to make it back in one piece. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and I'm not bragging. I'm not a. I'm not like an expert pilot or anything like that. But uh, we do have some of our older club members uh, that uh, you know they you know 
let's just say their reflexes may not be what they used to. And on a, on, on a maiden, you know, you, you want to be pretty sharp. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be ready for whatever's going to happen. Right. So I'm still young enough to where I still have some, some reflexes left. So there. Yeah. I had to laugh because in those pictures we posted online. I did. Okay, so the pictures we posted online when I when I when I went through and was looking at them all, I saw right. in most of the pictures there were your cheater glasses sitting right on the table. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm yeah. Busted. So I, I I laughed a little bit at that one. I was yep. like, oh, he's getting old. Yep. Busted. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Oh, so why I, I wear contact lenses, but. In order to see, you know, detail up close, yeah, I've got, I've got my cheaters, so yeah. <laughs> so contacts and glasses—that's great. Yes, yes. Oh well, <laughs> I, I just looked at the clock, and we're going on uh, around an hour, and I was not oh, planning yeah. on—I was not planning on doing that at all tonight. I was thinking we'd be yeah. over in about twenty minutes or so. So we've—that's uh, good. I mean, I, th- I think I—I uh, I think I got—I think I got all the updates, and you got me all sidetracked on all my projects, so. <laughs> Uh, this was fun though. I enjoyed this. Um, I did too. Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about or cover before we we say goodbye? Nope. No, I think I think that pretty much uh, covers everything we've got accomplished here this week. All right, good deal. Then uh, we're gonna get busy on some more stuff and hopefully have uh, more to report next week. And All right. uh, until then, uh, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.